The long, slow chill. I've heard it said that people don't really change. I disagree. People change, for better or worse, but sometimes we don't change as much as we might like, or in the ways we might like. That's because real change is hard. We change in little ways all the time. We get a little older, a little grayer, at best, a little wiser, but sometimes our personality traits and our values don't change much after youth. In some ways, that's a good thing. It's good to be true to oneself. However, there are times we betray ourselves by not making the changes we'd like to see. If we're anxious as kids, we're probably anxious as adults. If we have a bad temper, we've probably always had a bad temper. That's just the way it goes a lot of times. We have innate personality traits, or traits that develop in our youth, and we tend to fall back on those traits, especially in times of stress or trauma. Sometimes we fall back on traits that serve us well, but other times, who we are keeps us from who we'd like to be. Our worst traits can overshadow our best. That's what happens in a fit of anger, in a moment of weakness, when we allow our emotions to lead us. We let our worst characteristics get the best of us. We can manage our emotions, though, and we can change. I'm sure of that. It just takes a lot of practice. For instance, I think it's fair to say I'm a pretty mellow guy. There's not too much that gets me riled these days. But I wasn't always that way. A little while back, I had a student ask me if I've always been this relaxed. I said, no. It's been a long, slow chill. When I was young, I was actually pretty temperamental. I was the kid who might have a meltdown or throw a tantrum. As I got older, it probably looked a little better. I mean, I wasn't falling on the ground kicking and screaming or anything. But the temperament was still there. I worried a lot. I worried about fitting in socially. I worried about doing well in school. I worried about most things, really. To be fair, that wasn't all bad. I got good grades and I stayed out of trouble. I was able to accomplish a lot of things, but I would also get pretty wound up from time to time. I also didn't suffer from what might be deemed an anxiety disorder. My time in education and in these media ventures have afforded me the opportunity to talk with a lot of people who have struggled with mental health issues. And I in no way want to insinuate that I somehow understand the plight of those facing severe anxiety. I've never had a real anxiety attack, and I've never battled real depression. I know people whose bouts of anxiety leave them incapable of performing even their simplest daily tasks. My heart goes out to those people. Any sense of nervousness or worry or angst I've ever felt didn't manifest itself in that way, or at least not for very long. I think most of us have had those times when we didn't feel like facing the day, when we let things slip. I've been there. But most often, my concerns have always manifested themselves through compulsive activity. That can still be a bit overwhelming. 
I'd feel compelled to sneak out of social situations for a few moments to run through some sort of mantra in my head, or I'd repeat some physical or mental routine. Mostly, though, I'd just pour myself into work. I'd attack things obsessively, and if I was getting things done and finding success, it seemed like there wasn't much to worry about, at least from an outside perspective. That's the trouble. We can't see those internal struggles in others, and we often bury our own until they come out in some unhealthy way. My mom will tell the story about the time I basically ran away from school in early elementary because I had forgotten my boots, or the time I came home crying a few years later because I had missed my first word on a spelling test, ever. Worse than all that, though, my emotional reactions would often erupt in fits of anger. The first time I did drywall, it was repairing a hole I kicked in my bedroom wall during an outburst when I was in elementary. I'd like to say I just grew out of those sorts of behaviors, but that's not usually the way things go. I can think of several other such vulgar displays of anger. There was the time in high school I punched my steering wheel and the car horn got stuck on. There was another time in college or shortly thereafter when I cracked the dash of my car in a similar tantrum. And there was the time in my early 20s when I smashed a kitchen chair on the floor during a dispute with my then wife as a newlywed. I in no way intend this to come off as some sort of humorous backdoor masculine bragging either. I think all of the aforementioned outbursts were deplorable. And I can think of dozens of other times I've let my emotions get the best of me. I've lied, I've gone against my own beliefs, and I've treated people poorly. I felt angry or hurt or insecure, and I let those feelings manifest in negative ways. I make no excuse for those behaviors. I feel bad about every cruel deed, and I take full responsibility for each one. I think that's where real change starts. We have to recognize the things we do that make us feel bad about ourselves. We have to admit there are things we'd like to change and we have to go about changing them. We have to take meaningful steps toward change and we have to understand real change takes time. That's why I say I've had a long, slow chill. I didn't have some epiphany that immediately altered my mental state. That's just not the way things usually go. I realized at an early age, I didn't like feeling anxious or uneasy, and I certainly didn't feel good about myself after some sort of outburst. I wanted to change those things, and a lot of different things helped me to make change. Starting martial arts at a young age was one. The discipline and emphasis on self-control helped me regulate my emotional state. It also built confidence. Lifting weights and playing football did the same. I've always had good friends and strong family relationships, and all those things help with emotional stability. Of course, as I mentioned, I've still had my struggles. I think that's an important thing to remember. It's a process. So often, we want immediate change in our lives. But it doesn't really work like that. We take small steps toward our goals, and sometimes we stumble. 
I don't want to paint a picture of myself as some anxiety-riddled volcano of anger either. That just wouldn't be true. Actually, I think most people would probably categorize me as fairly laid back at most points in my life. I recall someone telling me I was maybe too relaxed way back in high school. And I do think I was pretty good at keeping an even keel when things were going well. That's pretty easy to do, though. It's during moments of struggle that our weaknesses are revealed. And that's when we need our emotional intelligence. That's really what I'm talking about. I discuss emotional intelligence with my classes often. I think it's the first thing that should be taught in schools. And I think it should be a cornerstone of all curriculums. Our emotions lead us, and we must work to master our emotions if we hope to master any other phase of our lives. There's an old analogy about an elephant and a rider. Essentially, our intellect is the rider, and our emotions are the elephant. Intellectually, we can try to direct ourselves in our lives, but if we have no control over our emotions, they'll take us wherever they want to go. For me, taking control of my emotional state is the long, slow chill. It's an ongoing journey toward what I want to do and who I want to be. It's an active process filled with events that have altered my perspective. Things like having kids, facing health issues, and getting divorced. And focused practice, like exercise, meditation, and the study of psychological principles. It was funny, after my student asked me about being so laid back, some other students offered up a few memories from years past when I maybe chewed out a kid in class or something like that. You see, I teach 6th through 12th grade, so I might work with a student for 6 straight years. There were a few tales of times I had gotten more than a little irritated, and then the class generally agreed that I hadn't flipped out on anyone for a long time. The consensus was that I have mellowed even more over the last few years. Some friends and colleagues have echoed the same sentiment, sometimes offering a jab about me being a hippie or being zen. Really, I honestly don't remember the last time I've had an emotional outburst. I'm certainly not perfect. I still have moments when I feel angry or frustrated or insecure, but those instances are typically fleeting. I suppose I have a few more tools for dealing with life's trials at this point, and I'd like to think I've gained a higher level of emotional intelligence over the years. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, though. I only mention my own journey to illustrate two very important things. One, change is possible. And two, it takes a lot of time and effort. In fact, it never really ends. But it can start by simply identifying the things we want to improve about our mental and emotional states. That's where all change begins, as far as I'm concerned. That is why we must address our emotional states before we can make any other lasting change. Our emotions are the roots for all other growth, and those roots need to be tended we have to work to master ourselves if we hope to master anything else. That means different things to different people. But for me, it's been the long, slow chill.
Thank you.